Christmas service at Elevate Life Church. And uh, I want to just drop a word into your spirit before you celebrate the holidays this week. Um, if, you, if you were able to come out yesterday, I know you're feeling what I'm feeling. Uh, just an incredible sense of, of, of joy. Uh, you know, I say it all the time, my heart is full after events like that because that is what we were created to be in the earth. We're created to be agents of change, and um, it's, it's, it's amazing. La yesterday, for those of you that weren't able to come out, uh, it was just to another level. You know, five years ago when we started blessing the community, uh, we were a smaller church, and, and we didn't have a lot of the gifted people, and, and, and that was a time I think we were still, you know, uh, just, just, just coming along. And uh, the first week we went out there, the first year, I should say, we just took hot cocoa and cookies. And we just knocked on the door and prayed for people and just went out and sung Christmas carols and, and went out there. And so for yesterday to see the community catch the vision of Elevate Life Church and, and we had our Sacramento Police Department out there. We had our Sacramento County Sheriff's Department with us. Uh, a, a nonprofit organization called EMQ came out and donated bikes. And to see the rest of the community come out and catch the vision of what we're doing as a church and, and here's the great thing, to see them coming alongside the kingdom purpose of God for this area was an amazing thing. And uh, we so uh, appreciated them. But what was really cool is for years we've been trying to get the media out to cover what we're doing out here. Not to lift us up. It's not, it's not some kind of, you know, uh, well, we want to self-promote or anything like that. It's just that we want to draw attention to the need in this area. And if it can get on the news, other people can find out about how to bless people in this region right here. And so uh, yesterday we were able to we were able to see that, and uh, many of you might have saw it on KCRA Channel Three. Um, did anybody catch Channel Ten? Uh, I, I didn't get to see Channel Ten. I know Channel Ten was out there, and then Channel Nineteen. That's right, Unavision was out there, and Cheeto did an interview, and and they interviewed a few other people, and that was a really good one. Uh, I think we put a couple bootleg versions on the Elevate Life Church uh, Facebook page. Uh, you know, you know what a bootleg is, right? When you get your phone and you film the TV. We 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 couldn't help it. I mean, we're just so excited to see. God beginning to the God beginning to lift the vision and uh, and again it's not about self promotion we're not just trying to grow a church here listen we know God's going to take care of us it's about those folks out there and what they're going through and um, actually Robbie come on up here real quick uh, do we have another mic here yeah I want Robbie to share a few things because not only did we go out and give out gifts and different things like that we were praying over uh, people asking them for prayer and and. I know Emily was out there just laying hands and so many others. But Robbie had a few things. Why don't you share with him real quick what happened with you out there? All right. Well, um, you know, we went out. Mita called me, and she's like, Robbie, can you, uh, can you come and help me, help me pray for this lady? And, you know, in the morning, and, um, you know, before the event started, um, you know, I was, I was just praying and, and seeking God. And, and I was just believing for something great to happen, you know, um, for, you know, just to pray for somebody and just for, for God just to move, you know, on their life. And, and so Mita call, called me to, to pray, and we walked into uh, um, this lady's house. Last week, uh, actually two weeks ago, PSL preached on a, uh, he preached on the gold inside of me. And uh, I got a revelation, and the revelation was, I am an answer to someone's prayer. 
so we walked into that place. You know, I seen I seen a lady. She was sitting on the couch, and she said, "You know, can you pray for my health?" I believe she's here today. I think she's here today. She's there here she today. Right there. there she is, right there. You know, she has, she was, she's having some health problems, and you know, I'm, I'm believing God. I believe God that God would just touch her and heal her. And not only that, but you know what? It doesn't matter what kind of life we lived or where we've been or what we've done. God's goodness is for us. And I wanted just to let her know it that day, you know. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter our color or for, from another country. God loves you and God will take you just the way that you are. And I wanted to let her know that. And so I prayed for her and I believe that God touched you. I believe that he's healing you. You know, and there's a other gentleman that, um, his name is Reuben, and I seen him with a boot on his leg, and I'm like, man, you know, I came, I went up to him, and, and uh, um, I said, hey, um, what's, what's wrong with your, your, your leg? He said, Achilles tendon, because I tore my Achilles tendon. I go, you did. And so uh, um, I go, how long you been in that boot? He said, six months. I said, really? I said, you know what, I'm not wearing my boot anymore. But I ripped, I totally ripped my Achilles tendon. A little bit over two months ago, I had surgery. And it was funny, I went to my first rehabilitation on a, um, Friday. And the doctor, huh. see, even before the doctor, let me just tell you, even before the doctor, you know, um, I was listening to some preaching, and I was in the Word, and, um, and I felt the anointing of just healing. God was just going to heal me. If it wasn't going to be spot, you know, right away, it was going to be quick, quick recovery. And so I believe God for that healing. And so when I went to the doctor, on uh, the rehabilitation doctor on Friday, he said, can you bend your foot back? And so I bent it back. He goes, till, you know, as much as you can. I go, oh, as much as I can? So I pulled that thing back. He was like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? I'm like, I'm pulling it all the way back. He's like, oh, he took his little measuring tool. He's like, man, that's, that's good. You know, and so he's like, okay, let's go to the right. So you, I, he said, uh, as much as you can. So I put it all the way to the right. He's like, oh, he to the left. He took his measuring tool. He goes, that's amazing. That's so amazing. I go, what's amazing? I want him to hear. I want to hear it. You know? <laughs> he's like, I said, so what is it when someone had surgery on Achilles, a full rip on their Achilles tendon? You know, what's, you know, their, you know, from the time. To, uh, from the injury, date of injury, to the time that ended the rehabilitation. What is it like? He's like, you almost have full range of motion on your, your foot, your Achilles tendon. I go, well, what is it like when, you know, when other people come in here? And he's like, it's very stiff. They can't move it as much as you can move it. I said, that's God. Amen. I said, that's God. But can I just say something one for all? That the lady is. yesterday. So then when you prayed for the guy in the boot. So I prayed for him. And I told him exactly what happened. And I laid hands, and um, his name is Ruben. Is Ruben here today? He's not here. Not here. Okay, we're going to have to continue to pray for him. But I believe God that I, I, I told him, I said, you know, God he is healing me. And you know what? I'm going to lay hands. You know, I'm going to believe that same healing happened for you. Yeah. And he said, thank you so much. But you know what? What God will do for us, he will do for others. Amen. He doesn't love me more than anybody else. He loves everybody just the same. But one more thing before I give this bike back over to you. Today, you know, they're singing Good, Good Father, and I want you more and more 
And I was just listening to that this morning, just, just seeking out God. And uh, he goes, you know what today is? I said, what's today, God? He said, today's the 20th. And he reminded me it was 15 years ago to this day that my father had passed away. You know, I found him underneath the tractor on the ranch in Dixon. And um, I was out there in my shorts, and it was cold. You can imagine it was late at night. I was in my, I was in a shirt or a tank, I don't really remember, shirt and tank top, and I was in shorts and some flip-flops. And I found my father out in the field, pinned underneath the tractor. He was gone. And all I could do was yell at the top of my lungs and say, God, no, no, no. And um, the Holy Spirit, God, sometimes God has to tell you to shut up. Because he told me, just shut up. He told me just like that. He speaks your language. He said, shut up. And I shut up. I was quiet. He said, just worship me. And so at the top of my lungs, I said, God, I worship you. God, I worship you. I worship you. And just in just a few seconds of just worshiping God, his presence came. I felt this total warmth over my whole entire body. And I knew God was there. It felt like... I can't say heaven because I don't even know exactly what heaven is like. I, he describes it, you know, in his word. But I felt the very presence of God. And I just pray that this morning as PSL shares a word with you, that the very presence of God would just come upon your life. And you would feel him so close, closer than the air that's touching you right now, closer than that person that's rubbing next to you, the presence of God, because he loves each and every single one of you so much. God bless you. Love you. Amen. want to uh, uh, go ahead and, and jump right into the word. I don't want to keep this too late today because we have a, a great Christmas party afterwards and I pray you stick around uh, and celebrate with us. And we're also going to honor some folks that make Elevate Life Church what it is a little later. But I want to read to you Isaiah chapter 9, 6 and 7. You can look on the screen there behind me. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And look at verse 7. It says, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever and the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this let's pray father we just thank you right now and we just give you all the honor for everything that that that's been done through this church father everything that we did yesterday everything we're about to do in Mexico none of it is for the glory of elevate life church it's to the glory of you it's so that your name might be made known and father I pray that as the word comes forth today I take authority over every hindrance every spirit of the world, every demonic presence, every spirit of offense that would try to keep anybody from hearing the love of the Father this morning. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. And we ask you to come into this room in Jesus' name. Amen. We saw a great presentation today of the gospel and the story of Jesus Christ and what happened. Most of us know the story of why we celebrate Christmas time at this time of the year, uh, we're taking a moment 
to say thank you, God, for giving us the most precious gift. And I want to make sure that as you guys all are you know, enjoying a great Christmas this year, and we pray that you will. We pray that you have a great time with your families and a great time making memories and exchanging gifts. But never, ever forget the true meaning of what this season is about. And I don't want to get on a political tip and all these things, the war on Christmas, and you walk into a store nowadays and people say happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. Listen, I don't get offended like that. That's the world. They don't know what this thing's about. So I'm, I'm not mad about that. But I'm telling you this, no matter what the world does, if they want to forget about what this is about, if they want to make it about Santa Claus, if they want to make it about the winter wonderland, that's fine for them. They don't know any better. But let the people of God, let in our homes, in our families, let us talk to our children. Let us as a church be proud of the fact that Christmas time is about the birth of Christ. Let us never forget what God did. And for moms and dads, think of the agony of giving up one of your sons or daughters for the sake of somebody else. I hear a, president, I hear a, a parent in here going right now, well, I know which one I would give up, I'll tell you that. Come on, there's always that one you would sacrifice if you had to. I was probably that one in our family. I don't know. But, you know, it wasn't like that. God the Father didn't have a bunch of kids to, to, to pick from. He had one son, the Bible says, that was with him from the foundation of the earth, and he sent him into the earth. And what we just read in Isaiah chapter 9 says Jesus coming to the earth was to establish the kingdom through the gift of grace. That's what this is about today. That's what Christmas is about. Jesus coming to the earth. The manifested gift and spirit of grace coming to the earth. You say, well, what is grace? We hear about it. You know, most all we ever know about it is that it's amazing. You know, amazing grace. You know, it's amazing. Well, what's so amazing about it? You got to understand what grace is about. Grace is about every single one of us getting things we do not deserve. Grace is about getting things that we're not good enough, we're not perfect enough, we're, 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 not, we don't, we're not holy enough, but even though we're not enough, God gives the gift of grace and grace says it's all yours anyway. Even though you struggle with addiction, even though you do things that you shouldn't do, even though you miss the mark, even though you mess up, even though you make mistakes, even though you have all these issues in your life, the gift of grace says I give you access. And you might say, access to what? Well, access to everything that Jesus brought in the earth. And, and Isaiah says one of the things that he brought us access to was the kingdom of God. And you know, at this church, we talk a lot about the kingdom of God. You want to know why we talk about the kingdom of God? Because it is what Jesus preached. Jesus didn't preach about church. He preached about the kingdom of God. Now, church is the vehicle to bring the kingdom of God. But you want to know what most of Jesus' messages were about? The kingdom, the kingdom. Jesus talked about heaven and hell. Yes, true. But his main emphasis was the kingdom of God. And you think, well, that's awesome. That's great. I can't wait to go there one day. Well, see, you're, you're, you're still on that old school mind tip that the kingdom of God means heaven. And that's not what the kingdom of God means. OK, the kingdom of God is not talking about a kingdom up in the clouds. The kingdom of God simply means this, and I want you to remember this and write this down and never forget it. When you see the kingdom of God in the word of God, what it's talking about is it's translated God's way of doing things. 
So what Jesus came to bring us was God's way of doing things. Heaven's way of doing things. That's what was wrapped up in Jesus. And when he came to the earth, Isaiah says he came to establish a kingdom. He came to establish God's way of doing things. The majority of us that are in here, the troubles we have, it's because we're trying to do things on our own. It's because we're trying to have relationships, godly relationships on our own. And let me just tell you something. It ain't going to happen. We're trying to have good marriages on our own. It ain't going to happen. We're trying to deal with hurts and pain and abuse and rape and all these things on our own. And you know what? It ain't going to happen. Oh, you'll get along okay, but true healing can't come until you learn to do things. Listen now, heaven's way, the way of the kingdom. When the Bible talks about the world, this is what the world does. This is what the what he's what he's referring to is how the world does things, and we all know how the world does things. We all we're all we're in the world. We know how the world works, but the problem with most Christians is they never take time to learn how heaven works how the kingdom of God works, because the kingdom of God does not work like the world works. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. John three sixteen. you can look at the screen. You should know this. There was a time where everybody knew this verse. We need to get back to that because it's the foundations of our Christianity, John three sixteen, and we need somebody for this generation to do what they did in my generation. In my generation, every time you watched a football game or a baseball game, there was that crazy dude with the, with the afro, with the rainbow afro in the back by the end zone, and you would see him, and he was holding the sign, John 3, 16. How many remember that guy? If you're over 30, you might remember that guy. Every, I mean, you name it. If it was a sporting event, he was there. And I don't know if it was the same dude or, or what, but, man, that kind of thing made that scripture so, so uh, uh, known. Uh, not too long ago when Tim Tebow was playing football for the Florida Gators, he would write on his eye tape right here, John 3.16, and it would literally almost break Google. And what would happen is on that day that he would wear that, there would be more searches for that scripture than any other thing worldwide. It's a powerful tool. But what is John 3.16? What makes it so powerful? Because it's about Christmas. It's about for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What did Jesus come to do? Give us grace. What does grace do? Grace saves us. Jesus came to save that which is lost. And I know there's some of you in here, you don't realize it, but you're lost. Don't get mad. You know, don't, I'm not trying to hurt nobody's feelings. But sometimes we can't get found until we realize we're lost. The quickest way to go from point A to point B is to first realize you're at point A. And we got people all around. They don't want to admit they're lost. I'm good. I'm all right. You know, there were several people we asked for prayer yesterday. And you could look at them and go, oh, Lord, this brother needs prayer. Needs a haircut too, but we're gonna, you know, we we you can look at somebody and know they're going through something. But so many people, and many of them were just like, nah, I'm good. And what would go off in my mind is, man, they don't know they're lost. And maybe some of you are here this morning and you don't know 
your life. Yeah, you're limping along and you're doing okay. And, and all things considered, somebody that's been raped, somebody has been abused, somebody that's been through a breakup like you, man, yeah, you are doing okay. But there's so much more. Before you can ever be found, you got to first admit, I'm lost. We got some Christians in here. You're lost. And you say, well, how can a Christian be lost? See, you came into the kingdom and you thought that's all you needed to do. You, somebody told you, just pray this prayer. And, and you said you prayed the prayer. And that's where you, you stopped that. And you got excited because you had your fire insurance. Oh, I'm not going to hell. Praise God. I ain't going to hell. I said the prayer. I'm in. Yeah, you come to church, but you don't really listen. Or you go to a church where they don't teach you nothing. They're out there. A lot of churches, they ain't, they ain't, they ain't talking about nothing. They're just going to a shout and, and they're going to tell you it's going to be all right and we're going to make it if we just hold on. That's a good message, but that's, how many know you need more than that? Come on, you need some more than that. Amen? Because some of us are lost even as believers and you don't even know it. And the problem with not knowing it is how can you be found if you don't know you're lost? And Jesus came to save that which was lost. But look at 2 Chronicles 15, 3 and 6. Let's take it to the, old, to the old school, the Old Testament here. It says, for a long time Israel has been without the true God. And some of us in this place for a long time have been without the true God. Look, out, look what else it says here. Talking about Israel. It said they've been without the true God and without a teaching priest. And without the law, but when in their trouble, they turned to the Lord God of Israel and they sought him. And here's the cool thing. He was found by them. Verse five. And in those times, there was no peace to the one who went out, nor to the one who came in. But great turmoil was on the inhabitants of the land. So nation was destroyed by nation, city by city, for God troubled them with every adversity. People, Jesus comes because we're lost. Somebody in here this morning needs to know you're lost. And until you can come to the realization of that place, you can't ever find true peace. The world's in a place just like Israel was. For a long time, God hasn't been around. They've been without a true God. And while we've just gone on through life, there's been, there's been less and less people teaching the word instructing the people this is how we live for God but I'm here to tell you this morning Jesus came not for the perfect people not for the people that know it all come on because some of us are lost but you think you know it all I once knew a dude that was broke all the time went into his house was shocked to see a library I think I've told you this story before every time we went out to eat this dude this dude's favorite line was you got me you got me no joke, we got saved, we started going to church. Offering time would come around. This fool would look at me and go, you got me? I go, yeah, I got you, but I'm getting blessed, not you for this. So, hey, put it in if you want to. I got you, but that's, God knows where that dollar came from. And, and, and I was shocked because one day I found, went over his house, he had all these books on prospering in God. All these books on, 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 on prosperity and, and how, to, how to get a breakthrough. And I just thought to myself, hey, man, did you read these books? 
He goes, oh, yeah, man, I read that, and this author this, and this, and this, and this. And I said, man, something's wrong with this picture. But did you know many of us in the church are like that? We got a, we got a filing system in our brain of every message we've heard, everything we've learned, just haven't done any of it. See, that's a problem. Some of us are lost, and what we're lost in is human knowledge. Some of us are lost in just our, our mentality, not learning how to live out of our spirit. Look at John chapter 10, verse 7 through 10. This is, I love this scripture here because this is what grace is, is for us. Grace is access. It says, then Jesus said to the disciples, more assuredly, I say to you, listen, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Verse 9, I am the door. He says it again. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go in and out and find pasture. Look at verse 10. The thief does not come except to kill, to steal, to destroy. But I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. What this is, is Jesus's mission statement. He's come to the earth to give you and I a better life. And some of us are so lost. We're still weighing serving God with serving the world. It just don't make no kind of sense. We've got some people have been coming to church for a very long time, but they're still pulled away by the world and they still weigh, well, do I want this God thing or what, what if I just go over here and do my thing? See, that's a lost person because somebody that's found understands that with Jesus, I have a better life than I can ever dream of. But what I see in John chapter 10 is something much broader and much bigger. And I want you to catch that, catch this, this Christmas season, that Jesus drops this on us. He says, I am the door. And you say, what, what, what does that mean? The door to what? Well, you got to go all the way back to second to uh, you got to go all the way back to Isaiah, where, where it tells us that Christ came to give us a kingdom. How do I get into that kingdom? Jesus is the door. You can't get in that kingdom without access through the door. Now, see, some of us are still thinking, oh, yeah, that means I get to go to heaven because the kingdom of heaven. Now, let me backtrack you a little bit. We remember when we see the kingdom in the Bible, it's God's way of doing things. Heaven's rules, how heaven operates. So how remember when Jesus taught us to pray? The disciples said, teach us how to pray. And many of us learned this in the Catholic Church. Come on, somebody. I learned it over at St. Rose over on Franklin Boulevard. When I was rolling with my man Mondo over here years ago. Some of y'all learned it at St. Peter. Come on. Some of y'all learned it, whatever. It was, uh, our father of 153rd Street or something. I don't know. I don't know where, don't know where you were. You might have learned it at Mount Moriah Baptist Church. Come on. You might have learned it at St. Peter's. I, I, don't, I don't know where you It depends on where you went. Y'all ever notice that white people uh, name churches after saints and African-American churches name them after mountains and stuff? I never understood that. When we get to heaven, I'm asking that question. That, my mind just took me there right now. We learned it from somewhere. We learned that Jesus said, this is how you pray. Our Father, everybody say it, that are our Father, that are in heaven. 
stop. On earth as it is in heaven. Come on, we've been saying that prayer for years and don't nobody know what that means. We've been throwing up these and we don't even know. We don't know if you're sending a, a steal third base. Or you're putting a cross on it. We don't know, but you don't even know what you're saying in that prayer that mom taught you to pray, that grandma taught you to pray, that Father Carmine taught you to pray. But you got to understand right now what it is is what I'm talking to you about right here. Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is the kingdom? God's way of doing things. God's way of doing things come on earth as it is in heaven. You know what that means? That means if you and I can learn. Sorry about those ornaments there. <laughs> if you and I can learn God's way of doing things, heaven comes into my life. If you can just learn how heaven works, God's way of doing things, the rules of heaven, I get heaven in my life. Somebody in here needs heaven in their marriage. Because all it's been is a whole bunch of hell. Just look straight ahead. That's all right. That's all right. Some of us need heaven in our families. Because we look at our kids and instead of loving them, we think we start seeing little horns, little tails. Home doesn't feel like heaven. It feels like hell. We say it all the time. At least some of us say it. How you doing, man? I'm just going through hell. How's everything? Come on. It's hella bad. <laughs> you ain't never been more right. But how do I get things better? Jesus said, thy kingdom, God's way of doing things come. His will is done on earth as it is in heaven. Translation. Get heaven into your life by learning how God does things. But how do I learn how God does things? You can't until you first come in the door. You can't. You try, that's why some of you try to talk to your family members. Oh, yeah, God's showing me this. And, God, and they just like, I, I, I don't get it. I don't feel like I need church. I don't feel like I need to go. I pray in my house. I got a relationship with God. I, you know, I don't, I just don't, I don't need all that. See, they can't see it. You want to know why? Because they're looking at God's way of doing things from the outside. But when they come in the door, they can see that in my house, come on, are many mansions. You're looking in the window, you don't know how dope the house is. You look in someone's window, you're like, oh, it's all right. But when you come in the house, you smell the aroma. Come on. Something's cooking. Mm. Remember Jesus, the gods that taste and see that the Lord is good. You walk in the house, you get the whole ambiance. You get the experience. You get everything, the sights, the smells, the feel, the comfort. You ever been over somebody's house and it just felt comfortable? Anybody ever been over a house, anybody's house like that? Sometimes it ain't your own house because you're like, oh, I got to clean that. I got to do that. But I've been to some people's house, and you just don't want to leave. Couch is good. 
Come on. Smells good? Doesn't smell like patas or nothing like that in the house? You can't experience this thing looking from the outside. And some of us in this room, you've been trying, you've been peeking in, and you walk out of church, you're just like, ah, but I don't know, but I don't know, but I don't know. Uh, you come around, your, your aunt, your auntie, your mom, someone invites you to church, you peek in. Oh, that's cool, but no, nah, I'm straight, I'm straight, I'm straight. See, Jesus says, I'm the door. I'm the door. You want to get in this thing? Come through me. You can't come through me. And then he goes on to say that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Where do thieves come in? Windows. Where do thieves come in? They try to come in, sleep down the chimney. I saw something on the news. They busted somebody trying to break it out through a chimney. I thought, Lord, come on. But where do thieves try to come in? Thieves try to come in any other way but the door. Jesus said, that's not how this kingdom works. And they got Christians. We got Christians like that. Only coming to church. Listen, only coming to church is you trying to get in something but not going through the front door. I want the blessings of this thing. I'm going to come when they have food. Come on, somebody. (laughs) I'm going to come when this. I'm going to come with that. You know, I'm going to come when they have free gifts and free this and free that. So, you know, listen, that's all good. But listen, at some point, you got to come because you love God. You got to come because you love God. So Jesus says, I'm the door. Many people come in the door and then just stand there. They just come in the door. But what you got to realize is once you come in the door, you're going to see other doors. Anybody ever notice that in a Christian walk? You come in the door, and what do you face? Another door? And you got a decision to make. Okay, I'm in this thing called Christianity, called the kingdom. What am I going to do with it? You know what's so sad is there are people that go to church and never open another door. There are whole denominations built on going in the door and doing nothing else. Just singing songs on Sunday to get to heaven one day. That's it. They never learn how does heaven work and how can I make heaven work in my life. See, what Jesus really came to give us was not a ticket to heaven. He came to give us grace, which is access through the door. And once I'm in the door... The rest is up to you. Look at your neighbor and say, the rest is up to you. Grace gives us access to the door, to the kingdom. Jesus preached the kingdom. The church is a vehicle for the kingdom. It's a vehicle. It's this thing that Jesus said, I'm leaving, but I'm leaving the church. Do you ever realize Jesus could have stayed and walked the earth for thousands of years? He said, it's better that I go so that churches uh, spring up all over the planet. Now, I know man has messed up churches a lot. A lot of jacked up stuff has happened in churches. Listen, I guess we could sit here all day and talk about sob stories. And I could tell you right now, nobody's had sob stories worse than, I I could tell you the worst of them. My sob stories will out-sob your stories. Well, I went to the church, and that pastor stole money. Well, I went to a church, and this thing happened, and that thing happened. Listen, it happens, but it doesn't change God's word. What we need to do is stop going to churches that that aren't using sense. we got to start using discernment. That's all it is. 
Come on, you, you can know what a church is about. One service. But we just, you know, we got to start. We got to start getting wise. We got to get in the word, pray, get some discernment. But we don't back off of the word and go, oh, church ain't for today. No, because you got to understand Jesus built the church. He said it's the church that's a vehicle for the kingdom. He said upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. So you got to get up on it. You got to get over this thing. Well, you know, church. Yeah, there's bad churches out there, but there's good ones. Why is it that church is the only one that gets a bad rap? There's bad kids out there, but you're still having kids. There's some bad women out there, but you still want to date one. Oh, don't shout me down, single guys. There's some bad men out there, too. And that sure as heck ain't stopping some of us in here. Listen, there's bad, there's good and bad in every area of life. Why do we just try to throw things out when it comes to God? Come on, you got to leave that kind of thinking. Because what I'm trying to tell you is when you come into the church, all it should do is introduce you to the kingdom. It's a vehicle. You know what we brought out to this community? Kingdom things. You know what we did this week? We went out and we helped people that, that can do nothing for us. You know, I was talking to the, to the lady uh, doing the interview, and she goes, man, I bet you're going to have some of these people in your church. I said, you know what? That'd be cool, but that's not why we're doing this. I'm not trying to bribe people to come to my church. Here's a bike. Come to our church. Hey, come on. That's that's corny. That, that oh, no. Listen, we're out there to, to do what Jesus told us to do. Love, help, bless. Amen. Twenty four of us are leaving tomorrow at 4 a.m. to drive to Mexico to help orphans and Indians on Indian reservations in Ensenada. OK. We're getting in vans, driving 10 hours. Yeah, 10 hours. Yeah, it's cool, but it ain't that cool. <laughs> 10 hours to go help some people that we don't even know, to go and love on folks. Some of these kids don't have a mom and dad. Some of them came out of sex trafficking, some of the teenage orphans that are there. We don't know them. They can do nothing for us, but we're going. And you know what always blesses me every year? I think, you know, well, it's Christmas time. I totally get it. If you can't come, it's Christmas. You got to take care of your family. You got to do this. You got to do that. This church every year, over 20 people always say, I'm down. I'm going. I'm taking time off of work. I'm sacrificing. I had a guy the other day tell me this. I get this all the time. Man, why do you guys do all that stuff in the nations? Why do you take people out there? We got needs in our community. And I say, well, you know, we, need, we meet the needs in our community. But Jesus didn't just say, meet the needs in your community. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's what he said. But the world goes, that don't make no sense. That don't make no sense. And I had this guy say, well, aren't there? I bet there are people in your own church that have needs, and you're going to help needs over there. That ain't right, man. That ain't right. See, but it's kingdom. Outside of the kingdom, you don't understand what we're doing. Outside of the kingdom, it don't make no kind of sense. How come you gonna go over there and help those people? And we're over, we need stuff right here too. I'm sorry, that's how they sound when they talk to me. That's that's. I discern. I hear the spirit of stupidity, even in this. You don't hear it, but that's how I hear it. 
when I hear it like that. And, and so they, and I just look at them and I go, you do not understand the kingdom. And this is what I'm talking about right here. You can't understand the kingdom until you meet Jesus. Come in that door. And then you're going to see a door over here that says, get my needs met. So you come into the kingdom through Jesus. Wow, this is great. What's that door over there? And that door over here is marked, get your needs met. Now, out in this world kingdom, how I got my needs met is I got everything together and I hustled. I got to do what I got to do. Hey, come on. I got to hustle. I'm on my grind. That's how the world does it. But I'm in this new kingdom now. And I see a door and it says, get my needs met. How do I get, how do I get in that door? Well, that's why we have the word. Jesus says, that's what I'm trying to teach you. This is why I said the Sermon on the Mount. That's why I tried to tell you it's better to give than receive. That's why I'm trying to teach you. And what did Jesus say? He says, I give you the keys to the kingdom. So you're in the door, and now Jesus says, here's the keys. And you say, the keys to what? To that door right there. Get your needs met. But I know how to get my needs met. Oh, you do. But see, you're operating outside the world. Oh, but, but, but you're going to get needs met in the kingdom? Use this key. What's this key? Give. Give. Oh, but Jesus, I don't like to give because if I give, then I don't have enough for me. Ah, you're reverting back to the world's way. Look around you, son. You're in a kingdom. This kingdom is called God's way of doing things. In heaven, the way to get more is to give away. Hmm. So God, if I want more in my life, I must go out and give to others. That's right, son. Now take that key and put it in the door. So I come to church and I give my tithes every darn time. I get a check. I can't wait to write 10%. Bam. Now my crazy cousin's over here. I don't know why you're giving that money to that church. I don't know why you're giving that money. Why are you only giving that money to that church? Uh, you, don't need, you don't need to be giving that money to the church. you got a family. You, but he don't know the kingdom. He don't know how heaven works. So I found out there's a door. Get my needs met. Jesus says, I give you the keys. What's the key to that door? Give, and it shall come back to you. Give, and you will receive. But not only will you receive, but more I will give unto your bosom. So how do I get my needs met in the kingdom? I use the kingdom key. How does God say? Give, and it'll come back to me. So I preached that. But we had over 50 people from this house out here on the streets yesterday when they could have been Christmas shopping for their own little mijitos. Yeah, he's 24, but you know, you know, you already know. <laughs> you, could have been, you could have been doing what you were doing. Instead, we were out here, and it was cold. It was ugly. Come on. It was, the weather was just like, ah, it's a good time to stay home. But, man, many of us came out there. And, and the news came and said, oh, all they could see is what's the catch? And he said, oh, you're, you're, you're going to get some great, these people in your church. And I said, well, that's not why we're doing this. I'm using some keys. I'm, I'm using some keys because I came through the door. And I know, and I'm teaching my people that, yes, you have needs. God says in his word, Matthew chapter 6, I know you have needs. But when you bless others, God blesses you. You know how I know some Christians are lost? Because all they do when they have needs is pray. 
You mean I'm not supposed to pray when I have needs? How about you use your keys? You know what the problem is? Some of us don't like to use the keys because we don't trust heaven. So we say, God, I have a need. I need rent money. I need Christmas money. Send somebody. And all the while, the Holy Spirit is telling you, use your key. And once you use that key and you turn that thing, the door opens. And guess what you begin to walk in? Provision. Provision. Somehow, some way, all of a sudden, you got stuff. All of a sudden, you got things. See, you think, oh, well, that's, that's nice of you. You're a pastor. No, let me tell you, when we started this church, we were broke. We had nothing. Man, the Christmas came around, and, and we were staying. It was the first year of the church, and my wife and I, we were just believing God because we got these keys. Got these keys. And we just believe in God, and we're just, I don't know how this is going to happen, but we're going to keep blessing. That was the year we took people out, and we did something in the community, and we're doing all these things, and we're putting our own money into help starting the church and our own time. And I'll never forget, my wife went out to Stockton one, one year. Some of y'all were there, and they asked her to come be a guest speaker at their women's event, and it was just a big, fat setup. That's all that was. And she got there, and Pastor Lori from Innovation Church, she stood her up, and she said, oh, we brought you here for another reason, because the Lord told us to bless your entire family with Christmas gifts. And let me tell you, it wasn't just like, come on, flea market toys. Come on, somebody. It wasn't, it wasn't nothing against the flea market, but they didn't go to Galt and buy us Christmas presents. They, they did their research, and they got my kids good toys. And they got my wife and I nice clothes and perfumes and cologne. And not one gift, not two gifts, but a bunch of gifts. And that Christmas when she came home, we as a family, man, we just cried. It broke us. It broke us. But what, what, what did, it did something on my insides. It made something stronger that this key that God has given me works. If I work it. If I'll put other people in front of me, if I'll prefer them and trust that when I meet somebody else's need, God will meet mine, that, that provision door is going to open. It's going to open. But there's other doors in the kingdom. There's doors of provision. There's doors of protection. There's doors of advancement. How do you get promotions on your job? Well, so many people step on others. Many people lie on people, make somebody look bad, steal somebody's position. Ooh, do you know what they did? And they climb up the corporate ladder. But the kingdom says the way up is down. So you see another door. God, I want to reach my career. I want to start a business. I want to climb the ladder. Jesus says, the keys of the kingdom I've given to you. And you say, what does that mean? He says, well, that door right there is called increase. That door right there is called promotion. Oh, I know how to use promotion. And you get out your worldly key, hustle grind, step on folk, and that key ain't working in there. Then you go, oh, I know a better key. This key's called work harder. So we get this work harder key out, and it's not fitting, and we wonder why we're not being promoted. And Jesus says, those ain't the keys that work in this kingdom. The way up in this kingdom is down. Well, God, what does that mean? You want to be promoted, you got to serve. You got to serve. Jesus says, don't you see, I was sitting on a throne in heaven overseeing the universe. I left the throne to be born in a manger. I left glory to walk around in filthy, stinking flesh. 
So we don't think about that. God sat in, a, in clothed in glory in heaven. And now he's in a body that has to use the bathroom a few days, a few times a day. He has to, his, his armpits, well, he's probably thinking, well, I never smelled something so, what is this? He was used to the aroma of heaven. And all of a sudden he's in a stinking body, he's out preaching all day, and he's, what? Man, I'm sure he was longing for the times where he could smell beautiful things, see beautiful things. But he left that to serve mankind. And he says, you got to be like me. You want to get promoted? You got to use the key. Well, how do, I, how do I move up? The way up is down. I got to serve. And I got to serve some more. And I got to serve some more. And I got to live a lifestyle of serving. And when we do that, Jesus says, now use that key. The door opens. Yeah, yeah. What happens? We get promotions at work. We get accepted to colleges that, that wouldn't have accepted us. We get jobs we don't qualify for. We get raises when nobody else gets a raise. Our businesses are thriving in the, in the, in the recession. Why? Because we're using the keys. Now, you can't tell somebody outside there about these keys because they haven't come through the door. They're still looking in the window. Don't be giving all your money to that church. Why are you wasting time out there feeding those people? Them people got money. You don't need to be on. What, what good do you do out in that community out there? So what? You gave a few gifts away. See, that's some dumb folks. Let me say it better. That was kind of jacked up. That's a dumb spirit. Somebody said, yeah, that's better. Thank you, Pastor. I was jacked up. <laughs> I'm only human, all right? I don't call nobody dumb. That's a dumb spirit. But beyond that, they can't see because they haven't come through the door. Some of us in this room still can't see because you won't let go of them old keys. That's like going out and getting a brand new car, but you're trying to drive it with the old car's keys. How many know these new cars? Some of y'all don't even need keys in the new cars. I rented a car not too long ago, and he gave me a key, and the key was just like, you know, this. And so I didn't even recognize I got in the car, and I went, what the, okay, I, gotta, I guess I got to put this thing in somewhere. There's a button. Boop. Some of y'all looking at me like, really? They got, really? They got cars like that now. I prophesy y'all drive them soon if you learn how to go through this door over here. So I was in this car, and, you know, I'm looking. And I, went, I even went back. I'm going to tell him. I said, I went back in. Hey, man, you didn't give me a key. He goes, no, that's what that is. <laughs> like, this a key? He goes, yeah, just put it in your pocket, and the sensors will pick it up, and you press the button, and, and, the, and it knows you have the key in your hand. And I was like, oh, I, I knew that. That's right. I, I, <laughs> I was on the phone when you were telling me, and sorry. But I had no clue. That this thing, I can't, I can't drive it the same way in my old car. And some of us were too long. Help me on the keyboard, Eddie. Some of us were too long. We're trying to drive this vehicle, the kingdom of God, using old keys. We can't do that. We need to understand the fullness of what this experience was that we saw here today. What is the gift of grace about? It's not just a heavenly eraser that erases all our mistakes, although that's a part of it. It's not just a, a, a friendship and truth. I love these things here, hope, protector, comforter. These aren't all that's wrapped up in the gift of grace. What I want you to meditate on and marinate on this Christmas is what Jesus Christ came to give you is access to God's way 
of doing things. He wants you to understand as it is in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. Are you tracking with me today? He wants you to understand what it means, what you've been praying all these years, what you've been asking for. He says, yeah, now do that. Do what? Bring heaven on earth. How do I do that? Operate in the kingdom. Put it this way. The amount of heaven you want in your life, it's in your hands. Because Jesus said, I give you the keys. I give you the keys. You need heaven in your marriage? You got the keys. You need God to help you raise them kids? You got the keys. Now, you got to think about what heaven's like. In heaven, there's no lack. Here's another good one. In heaven, there's no sickness. There's no disease. One scripture even says this. In heaven, there's no sorrow. Somebody needs that this Christmas time. Because while everybody's happy, you're sad. You need to get heaven in there, then learn God's way of doing things. When you read the Bible, you got to understand what God's trying to get in your mind. That's why the scriptures say, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Learn how heaven works. Learn how heaven operates. Heaven has an answer for every problem we face. It's a matter if we have enough faith to trust when he says, do this. I'm a movie guy, and, and you know, during the holidays, I know we like to watch movies and and probably see a lot of movies and chill at home with your time off. But I'm reminded of a classic movie that many of you might have seen, The Karate Kid. Anybody ever see The Karate Kid? See, no, 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 not, not talking about that Aiden Smith guy, uh, the, the, the Jackie Chan version, okay? That was cool. That was all right. That was all right for you new, new generation, okay? That was, that was all right. But you need to go back to Mr. Miyagi. Come on. And Daniel San. You need to go to OG, okay, and look at the Karate Kid. <laughs> what I love about that movie, I love about that movie is the sensei, the master, was trying to teach the student how to learn fighting skills. But every time he'd say, how do I, how do I throw a punch? He'd say, paint the fence over here, my man. How do I throw a kick? Come over here and wax on and wax off. Come on, somebody. It didn't make no sense. I'm trying to learn to fight. You got me waxing cars, painting fences. It's kind of like a picture of what God the Father is trying to get to you this morning. God, I'm trying to get a man. I'm trying to get this. And God's got you over here saying, serve, give, love. But what's that got to do with me and my job promotion? What's that got to do with my business? You got me in church setting up curtains and setting up chairs and doing this and doing that. And I'm trying to get along in life over here. And God say, do these things, and those doors will open. The gift of grace is about so much more than just erasing our mistakes. It's about giving us access to unlimited possibilities. I like what we read in Isaiah chapter 9 there. His kingdom is without no end. His peace never runs out. I want you to just close your eyes and bow your heads for just a moment. We're about to get our grub on. We're about to have a good time in here in a little while. But there are some of us that you came to church today and you realize I'm lost. And maybe you ain't totally lost. You just lost your way. You knew the path. You left the path. You started going back and using your old keys. I'll get a man if I show a little bit more skin. 
I, sh I get a man if I dress like this, if I go these places, if I act like this. No, 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 no. You want a kingdom man, you got to do it a kingdom way. I don't know what your situation is, but what God is trying to do to you today, he wants to get you in the door. He wants to get you in the door to how heaven works. And once you're in that door, he wants to show you how to get in the other doors. This morning, the greatest thing you can do on this Christmas season is receive the grace of Jesus Christ. And maybe you're here today. And I'm, you know what? You might have to admit this. And I know that sounds like, ah, oh, I don't want to do that. Don't let pride keep you. You're here today. I need to pray with you. We need to pray with you because we want to introduce you to the gift of grace, which is Jesus Christ. We want to give you that access to get hell out of your life and heaven in. And if you're here today with nobody looking around, no pressure from the outside, don't worry about what anybody's saying, thinking, ain't nobody looking at you. You ain't all that. <laughs> all right, all right, close your eyes. I'm sorry, I blew that, blew that one. Let's get back, let's get back. But listen. If you're here today and you say, I need to get these things right with God. I need to get back on the path. I need to pray with Don't leave here today without letting us pray with you. This is your moment. If you're here, just slip up a hand. We need to pray with you today. Yes, yes, I see that. I see that. I see that. Let's all stand on our feet right now. Singers, come. Help me. Help me. Help me right now. Now, I realize some of you that raised your hand, it wasn't just, it wasn't just because, and if some of you go to church that raised your hand, that's good. I want you to get in on this because maybe you realized I've been coming, but I'm still lost. I've been coming. I'm in the door, but I'm, I'm lost in this door. Listen, if you just raised your hand right now, I want you to do one other bold thing. Don't let pride, don't let fear, don't let anything hold you back from getting in on this time right now. If you just raise your hand, I want you to take a bold step, come out and come to the front right here with Pastor Cheeto and I, and we want to pray with you this morning. Come on to the front. Let's give them a good hand as they come. Pastor Vince, come and help us with this too. Come on, give them a good God bless you as they come. There's no shame in this right now. Listen, we've all done it. When I was 19 years old, I walked down the aisle of the church and I learned about the access that God was now giving me. Now I want you to close your eyes, those of you that are up here. I'm going to say a prayer. I'm just going to ask the spirit of grace. And I know some of you, it's not about being saved or not. It's not even about that. It's about encountering and, and coming back on the way. Maybe you lost your way or your path. But man, God has come. Jesus came to give you a better life than you can ever dream. But we're going to pray a prayer. Maybe you prayed it before. But that's the starting place. we got to get you back in the door. And once we do, Pastor Vince, Pastor Cheeto, they're going to come by and they're going to lay hands on you. Pastor Tina and Pastor Norma, if you can come too. And they're going to just gently lay hands on you. And they're going to help get you back in the way and pray for healing. They're going to prophesy over you. They're going to just whatever it is that you need to hear from God right now. We're going to loose them to use their gifts. Now, church, let's all pray this to, together. Everybody say, Jesus, we need you. We want to come in the door. And you said you were the door. We've lost our way, Lord. We've made mistakes. But this morning, 
we hear you speaking. And we've come forward to come in the door. Forgive us, Lord. Give us grace. Give us that access. Forgive us of our sins. And help us not go back to them. In Jesus' name. And just keep your eyes closed. Holy Spirit, I see it. I see it. Holy Spirit is coming over each one of you right now. He's pleased. His love is flooding you right now. Just keep your eyes closed. That's what you're feeling. That's why you're crying. There's a sense of sensitivity right now. You're just feeling it. You might not even know why these tears are coming down. But they're coming because God is introducing you to a new life. You're getting ready to leave those old things. And and now God is going to bless you. Team, just begin to go. Lay hands. Prophesy. Whatever you feel like doing. Where's Pastor Norma? Where's she at? Pastor Tina, come. We need some of you guys here to just, just begin to pray.